Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is nine o'clock somewhere, so it must be time to record a show. Equally, it's five o'clock somewhere. Well, did you know, Shane... I do, in is it uh, Newfoundland? I New- struggle with putting the stress. No, it's stress on the last syllable. Don't throw me. Newfoundland in Canada, pronounced Canada. <laughs> they they have a half hour's difference from their neighbouring state. They're just being awkward, surely. Yeah, but I mean, there's not a lot to do there, is there? Other than go, <laughs> you're you're half an hour late, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that sounded uh, Jamaican Canadian to me. <laughs> well, um, it's all on the same meridian. <laughs> You'll be on meridian next if you're not careful. Anyway, I'm Adrian Lacey. I'm in the southeast of England. He, as you've gathered, is Shane. Shane O'Connor in the Midlands of England. Collectively, we are, well, we're not collective at all. We're two very strong willed, hot headed, bald headed uh, individuals. Um, who can't do team play, but um, somehow we've ended up under the same roof as the comedy slab, which is, for the benefit of new listeners, um, it is a notional marble slab on which we uh, put and prod a different comedy each week, be it TV, radio, or podcast, internet, digital, you name it. This week, it's Motherland. That's Motherland, uh, a BBC... uh, you know, these days, I never know which channel these go out on. I think BBC One. I could be wrong. Probably BBC Two. Two. <gasps> two. Same to you. And uh, I can see him via Skype. And uh, trust me, there is nothing to envy uh, uh, me sitting in this seat here. So, okay. So BBC Two. All right. I was going to say uh, BBC iPlayer. It's not there for long if you're listening to this show as or pretty close to, um, I was going to say transmission. What a very old concept that is. Um Dropping, I think, is the term the kids use. Um, anyway, we're, as we speak, and there will be a couple of days before we um, get this to you at least, so um, there's only about a week or so left on the iPlayer to catch up and see Motherland. Series 1, Episode 2. Going to talk about that in just a mo. Um, a couple of things uh, ahead of that. A comedy news uh, item, but before even that, I think we each want to throw in a story from the week. Don't we? Well, mine's, a, mine's only a quick one because these arrived today, and I just didn't. I just mm. want your opinion on this because my wife is uh, giving me some stick about them. But I, I, I don't know if I've crossed the Rubicon here. Um, I thought the, it was going to be an item of underwear for a moment. The, the, um, <laughs> you have. Uh, do you want to describe it to the listening millions? Well, shall I tell, tell you what my wife calls them? She calls uh, them my old man slippers. <laughs> well, she calls you. I mean, my old man. Slippers aren't very rock and roll, anyway, are they? But have I? They have never I, were. These are these are kind of they're Dunlop, so they're good quality. But um, <laughs> these are kind of like a 
That's what elderly people say. Oh, they're Dunlops. But my, are they good quality. Oh, I have to say, I did buy them on the internet. I didn't get them from a catalogue that came through the door with all various aids that you can wee in and, and help you stand up and all that kind of thing. So they're not they're not old okay. men's slippers in that sense of the word. But well, that's not remotely patronising to any of our listeners, whatever age they may be, but carry on. Well, no, I, I, the last pair of slippers I had, I weed in them and they use them to help you stand up. So, <laughs> I, you know. Okay, I, I take it all back. It's, Don't I look silly it's now? It's swings and swings, isn't it, really? Um, I but th- I think you put the sin into moccasin, uh, except uh, yeah, like or, or the mock- you put the mockers on moccasins. I'm not sure. <laughs> do you think? Do you think slippers maketh the man? Then I mean, do you think if I if I wear old man <laughs> no. slippers, I therefore become an old man? Is that is that the way that it? Well, works? it's like I think therefore I am. I wear slippers, therefore I am old. Yeah. Um, having said that, I was obviously prematurely old because I've been wearing slippers ever since I can remember. That's oh, okay. Then. So, it's just all it was. Yeah. In the week, I saw a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger and I thought, I bet he doesn't wear Dunlop Velour slippers. That's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And he's yeah, older he than mu- me. Uh, he doesn't in the photos, but they might have to airbrush them out. You never know. Never see his feet, do you, in those actually? You movies? don't. You don't. He might have a foot double anyway. In fact, when he was terminated, he said that, I need your boots and your motorcycle. And uh, they never showed his feet, did they? They did. They showed the motorcycle. But... He needed the boots because he was wearing Dunlop velour slippers. That's why. <laughs> velour. Anyway, I am an officer of velour. Yeah. <laughs> Over um, to you, matron. Okay. Well, that's your story from the week. I was trying to do a clear out because I'm trying to clear the very room I'm in, which I'm trying to convert into some sort of space. Well, step well, outside then. What's the matter with you? <laughs> Well, me me and half a ton of uh, assorted rubbish with me. Um, but I did that fatal thing. You know what you should never do is look in any kind of detail at the things you are pretty sure you can chuck out. Yeah. Don't look at them. Just chuck them out. Yeah. I saw something labelled, and this references uh, something we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. I need to explain for any new listeners again. Sorry, Alison. Um, I was an announcer on a channel I've never met any viewers uh, from or of to, uh, called Carlton World. Um, this was in the uh, the white heat of the technological revolution that was um, multi-channel, as we called it in them days. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was part of the Carlton brand, the ITV Digital it became, and then they spent too much money on football rights, and then we got um, Freeview. Make of that what you will, but make of this what you will. I, I was about to throw away my scripts. I thought, why would you possibly need scripts from 20 years ago for a channel that hasn't existed for 20 years. Um, And also, by the by, this was broadcast on December the 30th, 1999. Wow. So it's two days away from the millennium. Let's hope it rises to the occasion, eh? Go on. So there's something called a a hold or a next, which is literally just the announcement. You'll know if you're, certainly in the UK, if you're a viewer and you're familiar with announcers, just before the adverts um, on a commercial channel, obviously, uh, is what's coming up afterwards. Mm. It's called a hold because you want to hold the viewers over the break because you want them to watch the adverts and buy all the little goodies. So here we go. This is what I wrote and what I recorded, December the 30th, 1999. Coming up on Carlton World, the Bible story of Jonah, who you may know ended up in the belly of a big fish. That's except for viewers in Wales. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> got a laugh. Twenty years on, that is that is top top, <laughs> top continuity. Top continuity. Kiss my face. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I love that. Thank you so much for laughing. We oh, haven't no. this. That is or laid on any extra laughing. Do you know? Do you know? And the really sad thing is, 
Mm. That you don't get, you don't get that in continuity anyway. I thought I thought you were going to say the really sad thing is you got paid for that. No, 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 no. Because people no, do proper jobs. You see, I'd listen to that. I would watch that. I'd be watching the channel, mm. and I'd I'd tell people about that. I go, oh, you never guess what the continuity guy said on that. I was watching the channel the other night, and he and he said that's to me that's part of what the, I mean. That's what I grew up with is that they'd make little jokes and puns <laughs> and things like that. Do you know what I mean? They don't do it anymore. Yeah. Incredible, incredible. Anyway. Moving swiftly on. Oh, uh, we haven't got much time for comedy news, but uh, you wanted to highlight something we found on comedy.co.uk. It, it was a, it was only just a it was a quick one really. Um, mm. And um, sorry, I just seen a name in the runners up that I thought I knew actually that I worked with. Um, it was it was uh, there was in um, the comedy.co.uk uh, website, the British Comedy Guide. They were just mentioning that the Leicester Mercury Comedian of the Year finalist twenty twenty one that's that's taking place. Mm. And and I just kind of thought, is that the best way to 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 introduce new comedy and to judge who the flavour of the week is is going to be for well the flavour of the year, I suppose, isn't it? Because then they'll look the following one. Isn't it like uh, I don't know book awards or whatever? It's just to raise profile, to generate some interest, generate some press. I think all of those things are legit because. Uh, especially comedians starting out in their careers, how else are they going to get any traction if they can't get uh, the, the, the sort of publicity um, early on? Obviously, there's there's more ways open to them now with social media and so on, um, but uh, it doesn't do any harm, does it? No, I've just seen another name of somebody I used to work with as well. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Are you sure it's them? Who yeah. is that then? Well, it's a guy called Johnny Kinch. Who uh, who was mm. a runner up in 1998? Who I worked with at uh, in Derby, mm. and a guy called Adam Bus, and I and I think I think he now works also in Derby, but he works for one of the theatres in Derby. Okay, so it's quite interesting, isn't it? The names that you see there and people what they've done previously. Um, I can't see where you're finding that though. We're we're supposedly looking at the same article on, as I say, comedy.co.uk. Ah, oh, but I'm like HP, you see. I have my sources. Oh, I see. I, well, hey. no, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, actually, that says, that says oh, some of the names. Oh, but, um, you see? It, it is like a who's who of comedy, isn't it, when you go when you go through the list and that? And you well, can, you, yeah, you, you could have mentioned more. You didn't mention um, Jimmy Carr, I don't think. Did you no. mention Jason Manford? Yes, um, Manford, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, we've um, we've slabbed uh, at least one comedy with uh, Ramesh Ranganathan in. What did you see? Was, uh, did you see the year he won it, twenty thirteen? Ramesh Ranganathan and the runners up were Lucy Beaumont, uh, mm. Jamie Dimitriou, um, and you kind of think, blooming heck, you know, there's like there's three from just one year there that have gone on to to kind of do stuff and and have reasonable careers, I suppose. Yeah, Fleabag and Stafflet's Flats uh, yeah. for Jamie, for instance. Yeah. yeah, incredible, incredible. So maybe maybe it's a, quite a case of just Shane talking out of his bottom again. Right, so we turn to Motherland and we turn to the eternal question, which I've managed to smuggle in uh, frequently to the Comedy Slab, which is to ask the Shanester. We take it in, week, uh, in turns to um, set uh, each other homework, so uh, alternate weeks. Um, but to smuggle in the question, how did you feel when I set you the homework? Well, the f- I said to you last week, I said the funny story, I've got a funny story to tell you about Motherland. Oh, yeah, yeah, do tell, do tell. Um, which is, and I'll, I'll, and this should answer your question as well about how I felt about sitting down to watch it, is that um, only, I think, probably four days before you decided to set it at homework, I'd had a conversation with uh, Erin Dawes, Mrs O'Connor, mm. 
and said, I think I found something that we might like to sit down and watch together. Because it's a bit hit and miss with comedy. I think I've mentioned this before. We don't have the mm. same comedic tastes. Mm. Um, although I find my changing since we've had children and uh, I'm, I'm mellowing to both uh, Mr. Bean uh, and Last of the Summer Wine. So who knew yeah. that had happened? But um, No, I didn't see that. And, and she said, all right. She said, what is that? And I said, oh, it's, a, it's a thing called Motherland. Um, and we watched episode one um, about two days before you set it as homework. I didn't say last week. Yeah, you get that very quiet. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, um, I'm not going to ask your view of it now because we have two audio clips and I'm going to ask you for your headline, as we usually do, after the first of those in just a mo, uh, after I've set the scene. But I can ask what your wife make, made of it, can I not? The lovely Angelina oh, Ballerina. She really enjoyed it. Oh, oh, that means you won't then. Could you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't answer that. I nearly tricked you, didn't I? I'm saying no more than that. I'm saying she really enjoyed it, the daft bat. Um, <laughs> well, daft bat, if we're to take it at face value, is a clue. But I know you and you you, you spray lots of, uh, what's it called? The stuff that confuses missiles. Spit. Chafe. Chaff. <laughs> Chaff. Chiff, chaff, chaff. Chiff, chaff, yeah. Yeah, anyway. So I will set the scene. Motherland, yeah, if I have a worry about this, uh, especially as regards the Shanester, it is that it could feel like it's concentrated in this, the very precious, very bourgeois square mile of northwest London. Uh, actually, it turns out it's filmed in Chiswick area and the school is at Bedford Park, if anyone knows that. Um, but a, a very well-heeled part of London. So there is there is the ever-present danger that uh, Shane might think, oh, well, it hasn't got any relevance more than a mile north of, uh, I don't know, Alexander Palace or something. You don't have to comment on that. You look as though you might want to say something. No, well, I was going to say, sometimes you can get away with it. And, and the, the other example I thought of, which was very London-centric and set in that kind of environment, was Lead Balloon, if you remember, was was had that kind of feel to it, but kind of got away mm. with it. And I think mm. it depends. Do you know, I think, oddly, I think if you stay away from public transport, for example, because obviously, you know, apart from uh, Glasgow um, and... Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, yeah. We haven't got undergrounds. We haven't got, you know, below ground trains in most areas. Bur isn't part of the Birmingham network? Well, it didn't start out like that. It was a tramway they were building, but it sunk because oh. they didn't put the proper foundations in. We don't like to talk about it. Why did you have to bring that up again? <laughs> very very Brumé. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've, you've built that in a blooming old seed. What you done? What you done? Um, so, and I think if you stay away from, like, landmarks that make it London, I I, can't, I didn't I didn't pick up that vibe at all, actually, because I didn't think, okay. you know... Oh, you're giving too much away before we even play the clip. I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, could it could have been, I guess, anywhere in the home counties, maybe. Let's not stretch it and say it could have been anywhere in the country. Let's set the scene. So, uh, as I say, sort of shot around Chiswick, which is uh, West London, where the A4 sort of starts. Um, it's it's a bunch of yummy mummies, but we soon realise that actually, yummy though they may be, the stilettos are very much out and could skewer any of them at any time. And then on top of which, um, I confess, I chose this show not for the yummy mummies, as you might think, but um, because the thumbnail for this episode, uh, Series 1, Episode 2, was of the one male who's in the group, 
who I find, for, for me, steals the show, which is not meant to be any put down of the others. Anyway, so we join the uh, the group here discussing, this is the planning ahead of the fundraise, and it's all to get um, musical instruments for the for the kids. Um, and uh, our uh, male friend, who is, uh, the character name is Kevin. Now, I wonder if Shane can help me here. I'm guessing... The actor's name is pronounced, his surname is Reedy rather than Reddy, which is what it looks like. Paul Reedy, do you think? I, I would have said that as well. R-E-A-D-Y, yeah. Okay. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, indeed, for you knowing that. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're, we're joining him when he's got the most brilliant uh, creative idea for a little bit of fundraising. I like to take this opportunity to be a little bit creative, you know, think a little bit outside the box, as it were. Um, last year, I was Nibbles King. Do, do you remember? I had all the, the bags of crisps and nuts pinned to me. That, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, but I thought this year I'd go one better. Human cloakroom. So everyone puts their coats on me instead of hanging them up in the cloakroom. I, I wear everyone's coats. <laughs> what a sight. And then, and then when everyone's ready to go, the cloakroom comes to them. Uh, let, let's, let's, let's say we charge a, a pound a coat. Well, why don't we just charge a pound a coat in the cloakroom? Why? <laughs> My God, Amanda, why are there rainbows? Why, why, why is there ant and deck? Because it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Goodness. Well, I'm going I'm to do it anyway. So set up a normal cloakroom if you want, but it's going to have stiff competition from the human cloakroom. <laughs> let, let the battle of the cloakrooms commence. Well, you actually chose my least favourite character <clears throat> to, uh, to start off your clip fest. Um, Excellent. But uh, do you want a headline before we go any further into that? Of course I do, uh, and I feel sure you're going to oblige. Okay. Uh, my headline is, was, is, still is. Uh, is, was? Oh, no. Motherlands in the right spot. Motherland. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, not, not bad. <sighs> it took me three weeks to think <laughs> of that one. <laughs> And, and I only said it a week ago. Exactly. Um, well, that's good news. Uh, people who were listening last week, or indeed a couple of weeks ago, will know the nervousness I had around setting any homework ever again, really, after, um, well, I don't really want to go through that any more than you want to um, relive the um, the underground experience in, in Birmingham. But, well, I, um, I'm, I'm, su I'm surprised that you, I mean, last week you kind of made some reference to the fact that you thought that I might not have liked it. Um, and, mm. and I suppose, I mean, is that purely on the, the London-centric thing, is the fact that it was set in London and, and I kind of find that a bit lazy? I thought you might think it was a bit too right on, um, female-heavy, uh, yeah, that, that, that was on the downside, the, the neurotic side. I think, I mean, and, and you're, you're right, I mean, for me, it can be quite annoying that, that you know, if it's female-heavy, Gratuitously, for example, if you know if they're they're trying to trying to, I don't know, God knows what they're trying to do these days. But if they're doing it on purpose in that sense, but I didn't feel like any of the the women that were in there didn't have a strong identifiable um, character, mm. and 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 weren't funny in their own way. 
And that's why I said that he was the, and it really annoyed me. And I tell you why it annoyed me even more so was uh, Paul Reedy, obviously a very accomplished actor. If you look at his resume, he's uh, he's not been you know working in McDonald's waiting for a job to come along. Um, no, but and if you if I watch the pilot on you, there's there's a clip of the pilot on YouTube uh, of this show. And I looked at that, and he plays it much more manly. I don't know why he has to. Why does he have to be a simp? Why does he have to be, you know, completely um, wishy-washy wet. and wet and pathetic? Well, I mean, uh, that would be interesting. I, I, I don't have a definitive answer. I'd like to see um, that um, pilot clip, but um, I mean, there, well, there's so many factors in TV, aren't there? It could be the director. It could be. Uh, the writer or combination of the two or very often they can be the same person but um, it can come from so many different directions and one can only assume if if there was a conscious gear change from the pilot clearly there was some kind of one assumes a consensus that it was stronger to do it that way it's obviously worked for me it's obviously gone in the wrong direction for you it seems well it was just like if you re- again if you reverse the roles on this if you if you filled it full of men and then put one woman in who was a bimbo airhead you'd go mm. oh god the stereotyping why have you had to do that and, and i kind of think where are the dissenting voices that say you know come on if we if we, these are the rules that we're playing by then, then you know these are the these are the rules that we're playing by, and it's like you were saying. You said a moment ago about oh, people will probably criticise you because um, you know it's all it's all women. Well, it's mm. okay, isn't it? Isn't it okay to if people don't look exactly the same as you? It's okay not to identify them with them and not like it because it works the other way around. If it's if it's if it's uh, a race thing where. Um, uh, the, you know, it's full of white people. Then black people can say, "Well, I, I didn't identify because they don't look like me." Women can say, "Well, it was full of men, so if they don't, I don't identify because they don't look like me." So p- surely you're able to say, as a man now, "Well, I, I don't." It's full of women. I don't identify with it. It, it has to work all ways round and all ways up, doesn't it? Surely. That to me is is a side issue in a way because um, you can, surely you can find someone or something funny that that. That is way outside of your experience. Yeah, I, um, I can, but that's the argument, isn't it? This is why we want to get rid of white white men off the TV and off, but because people don't identify with them. It's all o- uh, uh, overblown, I think. There is, I I don't believe there's any campaign to get rid of all white people uh, blokes off the the box. It would never succeed anyway. We've we've drifted slightly from Kevin himself. I mean, I see. It sounded like uh, this might be a misrepresentation of what you're saying, but was your principal concern that you, you couldn't identify with Kevin or that was it even offensive to you that he would be that sort of a bloke? It was it was offensive to me, only in as much as, as I'm playing the game of being offended, like people, you know, are on on the polar opposite of what I'm saying. So, I mean, in real terms, if it's that offensive, I'll switch the blooming thing off. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, mm. I won't, I'm not a Mary Whitehouse character. What I think what, what got me a bit was was the stereotyping and the fact that, you know, he had to be a, a, a wet lettuce um, because he's staying at home looking after his, his his children. Well, I'm staying at home looking after my children. So, you know, if anyone wants to accuse me of being a, a wet lettuce, then, you know, I'll see you in the celery aisle at Tesco's. Do you know what I mean? I, mm. I, I find that, I do find that a little bit pathetic really and and i just i just wonder why they can because having seen the pilots and seen him play as a normal guy 
Um, I kind of thought, well, why would you, why who's who stepped in and said that? You know, and was it Sharon Horgan? Was it was it one of the other writers? Well, maybe it's because I don't have kids, and hence um, I, I'm not caring for kids at home. That it didn't cause any offence from that side of it. I mean, he just happens to be one bloke, but I think uh, it's not inevitable he had to be that uh, kind of persona. But I I find it. The desperation is is funny and and also to some extent disturbing, but that it's a, there's a knife edge, isn't there? And very often that is the case in comedy. Mm. It just it teeters on the edge of this is a really tragic figure. The bottom yeah. line is that that it is funny. So <laughs> as, you, as, you, as you say, do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing about well, um, have we got have we got the the the, the right diversity level or you know whatever doesn't matter is it mm. funny and and mm. that's what audiences care about and i think this is why why it is successful and will be successful is because it, it is funny isn't it i mean this this the plot was great yeah the, the jokes are aplenty yes and, and since you mentioned um sharon horgan's company uh let's give the production company credits before the um the silks catch up with us so merman is her company there was a joint credit as uh, executive producer on that side, on the Merman side, uh, for Sharon Horgan. And also, is it pronounced uh, Clelia Mountford? Is that yeah, a, I mean, it's, it's, Clelia? Like, Clelia? It's, it's like Celia with an extra L, isn't it? I've never yeah, come across that Yeah, I did a double take. I assume no, it's an Irish thing. It's a, yeah, but it's a, it's a Clelia. I, yeah, it could be. I yeah. don't know. Um, and then the other production company, Delightful Industries, with their delightful name. And we haven't mentioned him so far, but we should. Give a big shout out, as I believe the youngsters say these days on Radio 2 in their 50s, uh, for Graham Linehan, who, mm. of course, has got a, a marvellous uh, comedy pedigree as long as your arm. And um, co-credit, again, executive producer to Helen Linehan. They, if I've got the right Helen, they were man and wife, but I believe they're separated, if I've got that right. Oh, I, don't, that I, don't, I don't know. I know she's Helen Serafinovitz, isn't she? She's uh, right. Be, be, uh, yes, I think they're separated now. But, she's uh, um, Peter clearly Ser- working together. Peter Serafinovitz is uh, is uh, sister. Um, yes. So she comes from a you know a, a, a good pedigree, and that's it. she's also one of the writers as well, isn't she? So. Um, uh, yes, there's quite a few writing credits. But I, I, maybe I didn't finish this list in my excitement, but uh, yeah, Sharon and Graham, at least because uh, we're on first name terms. Um, get uh, credit for this particular episode. But, um, yeah, there's all kinds of co-creation and um, co-writing um, going on. Casting-wise, I mean, I don't know who I don't know who it was that said, let's get Anna Maxwell-Martin in and, and put her in the lead. Um, but, Is it the lead necessarily, just pausing you there? I, I would have... I mean, I, t- I came away from it after two episodes. In fairness, that's the, the sum total of my experience of this thing. Um but yeah, I, I came away thinking it was silly. Did you not? You, you didn't think so? Um, I, I didn't feel she was being really, really spotlighted. But now, now you say, if if you asked me, you twisted my arm up my back and said, if I had to pick one of them as being a lead. But it does feel like an ensemble piece. Um, anyway, sorry, finish the point. I, I, I dove in. Quickly. I mean, she, as I understand it, isn't she? She her, her body of work mainly is she's she's a straight actress, is she? She's 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 done smattering of comedy. Uh, 
It's that way round, I understand it, as uh, yes, although she's clearly proving her mettle but, in, in the comedy field. I mean, whoever it was that decided to cast her, if they've got a medal drawer in their office, they need to reach in <laughs> and give themselves one, don't they? Because I think, oh. I mean, she's just so, so bang on. I mean, in terms of, you know, believability, timing, pace, comedic intuition. I mean, she's, you, you can see, I mean, I presume that they, they you know, did a casting and saw her and thought, I mean, this is the... This is the woman for us. I mean, she she seems to have the lot, doesn't she? Um, yes. If I have a hesitation, it's uh, not so much my view, but someone who I cannot mention for legal reasons and reasons of repetition, mm. who thinks it might just be a bit too large. But clearly for you, uh, her performance is not too large, from what you're saying. I, you know, I thought it was the other way, actually. How weird is that, that two, people, <laughs> you know, two people can watch the same thing and come away with, like, polar... Opposites, but yeah, I th- I thought uh, no, I thought it was, I thought she. I mean, the situations are quite a quite fast style, aren't they? And 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 quite sort of as you say, sweaty and and dashing <laughs> about and getting yeah. drunk and that kind of thing. So I think it's it's difficult not to portray the far side of it. But um, I no, I thought she was quite understated. What did you think? Did you? I mean, you have to. <laughs> Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I do. I, I think I, I, I'm I'm more on your side than than on t'other side. Um, and we should say that uh, people may know her from um, Line of Duty, um, where she uh, has, has got quite a bit of experience. But I don't have that experience watching it, so I, I, don't push me on detail. Normally, I've hey, watched it now. So I, I mean, I mean, I saw that and saw that she'd done it, but. Um, uh, but no, yeah. s- similar kind of thing. Um, Diane Morgan, I've got to mention, because I, mm. I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I kind of thought, I mean, her, the main thing that people have seen her for for a long period of time was Philomena Kunk on mm. Charlie Brooker's series of programmes. Um, and then she did a, a programme as Philomena Kunk, Kunk over Britain, wasn't it, I think, and then Kunk something else. I can't remember what else the other one was. And I kind of mm. thought that was a one-trick pony, and had been and had been done extensively. And to see her in the—I mean, I have to say that Mandy, that we that we um, we slabbed recently, sort made me see her in a different light again, doing character comedy. And then this, I just thought, oh, well, it knocked it out of the park for me. She did. By the way, thank you for feeding me the information I should have shared with our audience before that uh, she's from Bolton. Mm. Um, uh, I, I, I might have thought it was round there, but you know, if you confuse Blackburn with Bolton, you alienate um, uh, too too many people. So, um, uh, yeah, thank you for the um, research. Um, for some reason, I've just got it's just one of those irrational things. I I, I don't know what it is, but um, I don't warm to her characters. And yeah, the the Kunk thing didn't do it for me. And yeah, I can see. Uh, I, I am. I have enough altitude to see that she's a very talented actor. So I'm hoping I can eventually get past whatever completely irrational struggles I have. Um, and 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 she certainly was different again. You know, when you saw her, uh, I was going to say wheeling children, but the children were out of shot, um, probably because it's easier to film without kids. Um, we saw some children at the school gate and so on, but. Um, so the way she moved and uh, hair slightly different, you know, the, the whole bearing was different to uh, what I'd seen previously. So mm. she's she's clearly got the acting chops. So um, I really need to um, get on the case there. Um, and you've made no mention of Caroline Lacey, 
who uh, her only crime is to spell Lacey without an E, which I'll just have to forgive. But uh, she's played by Kirsty Bushell. Um, I'm not clear. I, I got the feeling she might just be in this episode, but um, I haven't seen enough to, to know um, or whether she's just introduced and then staying in the show. I, I didn't. Um, I didn't see her on the other credits so i'm not i'm not really quite sure whether yeah whether it was just an, an episodic thing rather than yeah rather than a serious thing i'll tell you who well, i wanted to mention i don't know if you picked up on it um uh the character called Anne, the irish woman <laughs> with uh she always always looks surprised with her eyes do you rec- did you recognize her from something we've slammed oh gosh it uh, wouldn't be something like. Is it too obvious to say Derry Girls or something like that? Well, you're on the right. That, you're on the right theme. But no, she, that, that, those two guys in Ireland. She, what was that? She. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, what was that? Oh, that one. Oh, Ruben. 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 It's a girl. It's a boy's name. <laughs> um, uh, young offenders. That was, wasn't it? Um, that were, were oh, right, yeah. young offenders. Um, no, Philippa Dunn, who who plays Anne in this, was actually the mother. In the Walshes. Oh wow, gosh! Well, that is going back quite a, a way. Um, we only mentioned right. it. We only mentioned it a couple of episodes, or this episode. The, the well, yeah, we did. Episode, we did. But, think, yeah. but I haven't actually seen her for ages. Oh well, well, well spotted. Uh, she's certainly. I mean, to the extent that she's given enough room to show that she's got potential to take on heavier stuff, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's all there. If I had to use a, a, a film title to describe the whole thing, I, I might choose um, Women on the Edge of a Nervous Breakdown because mm. that's how it feels, isn't it? They're mm. all on the edge. One person we haven't mentioned, we must hear now in audio clip number two from Motherland, series one, episode two. And uh, this is uh, Lucy Punch. I'm going to ask you uh, more on, on how you feel about this character and um, uh, the character being called Amanda. Um and we're actually at the fundraiser now, and uh, Amanda has taken it on herself to be the presenter, the hostess of the evening. Whether she's the hostess with the mostess, you'll have to decide, dear listener. Um, she's she's very tall, quite imposing physically, and uh, wearing a not very tall dress. Um, so she, she kind of uses her physicality there. Um, so you have to imagine that bit, as we don't have the visuals. But... Um, uh, here she is deciding. Uh, well, she's she's been uh, leading up to this. She's on the mic and um, she's been uh, auctioning promises from people. Uh, there's been inspiration from Hollywood previously, which came um, via the Julia character at the uh, the outset. You should know in advance that Uma Thurman apparently um, auctioned a kiss from her good self and raised two hundred thousand dollars. So compare and or contrast with this. <laughs> This is my one. Um, I can't believe I did this. Anyway, bit of fun. Um, I auction a kiss. That's right. A kiss to the highest bidder. Should we start the bidding at 50 pounds? Who wants a kiss? For 50 pounds. Anyone? A kiss from a lady? (laughs) Oh, come on, don't be shy. This is for charity. Anyone? Any bits? 50 pounds. (laughs) Thanks, Liz. Um, Any raise on 50 pence? Hmm? 
Come on, everyone. This is for children, for the music block. We can get those keyboards. We're so close. Come on. Anyone? A pound. No one raised it. Oh. 50 pence still. So 50 pence still. Still 50 pence. I love the way that concluded. I won't ruin it for uh, anybody mm. who wants to watch the episode, but I thought that was really clever, the way that whole scene played out right the way through through to the end. Um, uh, do you know, she put me in mind of somebody um, mm. instantly. On that particular scene, I hadn't picked it up previously, but I thought, oh, yeah, I could see her actually playing the role instead of Lucy Punch if they hadn't cast Lucy Punch. Not that I'm saying that she doesn't play it very well. Um, mm. But... Do you, do you see the Julia Davis in her character? Well, sort of generic Julia Davis, dark character. Yeah, that kind uh, of, I hadn't thought that, to be honest. The kind but, of from Nighty Night and uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, What's It Forever? What was the... Um, Sally Forever. Sally Forever. Which are kind of very similar kind of works. But yeah, that I could, I just thought, oh, you could, I could see a Julia, Julia Davis doing that. I mean, Lucy Punch, yeah... I, yeah I don't know. I mean, I teetered between is she overdoing it or not? I kind of just when I kind of thought, oh, she is now. And I thought, oh no, hang on a second, and she kind mm. of rein it back in. So I, I, she's a bit like a cat with a mouse with the role. I thought, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I liked her. I mean, I thought she was. I mean, her star is rising. She just got another series, uh, Bloods, I think, on. Um, uh, I don't know if it's Amazon or or uh, Apple TV or something. I can't remember what it is. Um, mm. Could be Sky for a Begins with A anyway. Oh. Could be Sky actually. Or yeah. S. Uh, but it, or about, ATV. About paramedics. And uh, so she's, she's starring in that. So I think she's starting to get more and more roles off the back of what she's doing. Go on. What, did you, mm. did you um, not like? Well, I was just... I'm very slow, obviously, but I just like the fact it's, it's implied... I mean, you get the sense she's alpha female or very... Very self-confident, but actually, it's in the writing. And it's t- I've viewed the show twice, of course. I uh, had to choose the uh, clips, which I've heard at least twice each. And it took that playing for me to pick up on her saying, don't be shy. That's what she's telling herself. It's not that they don't want the kiss. It, uh, she's so attractive, it doesn't occur to her that it would be anything to do with her and, you know, that no one actually wants to kiss her. Although one bloke raises his hand, but his partner with him (laughs) pushes it back down again. Uh, Yes, that was unwise politically. So uh, she's got at least one fan out there, but, well, two or however many. But anyway... um, yeah, no, I, I believed it. I thought it was very strident. I, I want to use the word strident because she's got huge legs, long legs, lovely legs. Um, and she uses them. <laughs> uh, I'm turning into a ZZ top lyric if I'm not careful. Yeah, anyway, I'm glad I you corrected it's... it and said long legs. If you ever try yes. and chat up a woman and say, oh, you've got huge legs. <laughs> <laughs> you can see why I get many slaps in the face. Yeah. Not least from my current girlfriend. Uh, you, what am I doing you, chatting out by the wind? You've got huge legs. How'd you get your trousers on? That's just... <laughs> They meet at infinity as well, but we'll move swiftly on from that. <laughs> it must be time to score the show out of five each. Uh, whose turn do you think it is? It's probably Go mine, first. in all fairness. I am, a, I am an officer and a gentleman. So, um, Oh, can I just a big shout-out for the music? I love the music. Oh, yes, a brass band? Um, but you know Mostly. who it was? It was Ollie Julian who we mentioned, uh, I think, when we slabbed back um, with Mitchell and Webb. Um, he did the he did the music uh, to that. In fact, he's done the music to back this country breeders catastrophe. So he's worked with Sharon Horgan before, 
Code 404, Plebs. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's from Sheffield. I think he's Sheffield-based. So, um, But he's, he writes really quirky stuff, and I love his music. I think he's a really talented guy. Um, mm. So I really like that one. Um, yeah, numbers then. From me, I'm going to give it a, a four. Oh, and I tell yeah, you why I, give, why I give it a four is because I've got the distinct impression that a lot of the comedy. Oh, sorry, I just hit myself in the face. Um, not hard enough, some would argue. Saves me doing it. Yeah, um, I got the impression that a lot of the comedy came out of reality. I think I think it was anecdotal stuff. I think I think that you know there's a, there's a, there's people in there who are parents who have written this. And I think that's why it's so believable. I think that's why it's so funny. Um, it's been cast brilliantly and paced mm. brilliantly. And I think it's a it's a great bit of work. And we both enjoyed it. It was nice when you can sit down with her indoors and sit and watch something and come away and you both enjoy it. So I think, you know, a win-win there. Four out of five for me. Okay. I'm not far behind. I'm going for a classic three and a half out of five. Um, so quality piece of work. Didn't quite... Um, Give me the giggle factor that perhaps uh, seemed to work with you, but not far off. And um, very definitely high production values, all the things we've said, and uh, great strong performances. And I loved the human cloakroom, uh, which you've, I, ju- I just think that's a beautiful um, little creative conceit by uh, whoever came up with that and beautifully executed and followed through. Um, to its uh, logical conclusion or illogical conclusion. We'll leave you to enjoy that for yourself. Series 1, Episode 2 of Motherland. And you'll find that, as we speak at least, uh, but not for much longer, on BBC iPlayer. And if there are any other places, I may may have even seen um, a reference to Prime Video uh, the other day, but um, that's off the top of my head. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, but his names will uh, write the blurb and put any other places you may be able to um, uh, find uh, Motherland. So to next week's homework for me and our adoring fans. Uh, yeah, this is this originally was a radio comedy, uh, Radio 4, and uh, transferred to TV and became even more successful. The people who made it have now, they were a, they were a group of four originally, the writers, uh, three of them you only saw on screen, and they have since gone their separate ways. While well, two of them oh, are still writing. Can, can I dive in there? Go on. The clue is one writer who never appeared. Is it League of Gentlemen? It is indeed chance? the League yes. of Gentlemen. I thought Could we would she? have a trip to Royston Vasey. <laughs> oh, and uh, uh, I would love to see Royston's vases. And of the course, other way around. Obviously, next week's podcast will be a local podcast for local people. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I thought I'd dive in kind of right at the start. Well, not right at the start, but near the start, near where it all began. So for the purists, I suppose, it's where it's where the stuff that are, the material that are transferred from radio hits TV, and we could have a look at that. Um, it's uh, the League of Gentlemen Series 1. Oh, and I've got to scribble this down. I've, yeah. I've gone for Episode 5. Oh, sorry, did you, are we going with the telly? Uh, yeah, the TV. This is the yeah. TV. Well, because the radio one was called "On the Town with the League of Gentlemen." I mean, uh, not a lot of, I look silly. Not a lot of people know that. No, uh, but it's uh, episode five from series one, and uh, the episode is entitled uh, "Love Comes to Royston Vasey." <laughs> what an enticing title! What, what, what a thought! <laughs> 
Yeah, indeed, indeed. Oh, I look forward to that. It's amazing we've got to uh, episode what will be 149 of the Comedy Slab and um, only just reached our first uh, episode of uh, League of Gentlemen. Uh, all of which means uh, next week I'll have to be thinking about something somewhat special, hopefully for episode 150, but we'll worry about that when we get there. Lovely. Okay, on anti-social media, we are somewhat inevitably at Comedy Slab. Do please follow us on Twitter if you're not doing so already. It'd be lovely to have your custom. And uh, also, we are likewise at Comedy Slab. There's a Facebook page if you could like that as well as uh, following us on Twitter. That would be brill. Um, in person, uh, if you're allowed to meet up with people in person in this uh, in these troubled times, um or through the Zoom screen, uh, any recommendation of the Comedy Slab to other people to widen the net would be fantastic. And uh, I sat next to someone in the pub uh, the other night, uh, or outside, I should say, although we could have legitimately sat, sat inside. He said covering his back always. But we were... anyway, he said, uh, oh, um, I, I must listen out to your podcast. What is it? The Comedy Slap. Um, so I thought, well, we're a couple of slapheads. It's close enough. Um, and he found us in the end, so that'll do. Uh, whatever you call it, as long as they can find it, that's the uh, the main thing. And then finally, uh, uh, a generous star rating on Apple uh, Podcast Stroke uh, iTunes. Uh, that would be lovely too, with some comments. Um, that would be nice as well. Thank you very much. What have we become? This is this is our life now, isn't it? Not only have we got to go out to the shops with a mask on as well, but then when we're talking to people in case the thought police catch us, we've got to go, <laughs> well, I was in the pub the other day. Well, of course, outside, obviously. Well, 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 I, well I say outside, I was sat in the car, but obviously I haven't got my car keys in case the police yeah, came no, and tried to do me the, the drink driving. <laughs> oh, man, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's it from us. Thank you very much. Um, obviously, on next week's Comedy Slab podcast, I'll have changed my character. Uh, in in line with uh, because I've obviously been a stay at home dad. I'm, I'm going to talk like that and go. Hello, Adrian. It's a comedy slap podcast. Oh, oh, I don't know whether. Oh, should I go over? I don't know whether I should. <laughs> or maybe not. It was just that was just like for me looking in a mirror. Um, so uh, uh, I'm going to go off and be the. Uh, I nearly said the human dustbin. I'm already that, I suppose. But <laughs> put any plate of food in front of me, I'll eat it. Oh. Whatever state of decay. But also, I'm going to have a, a go at being a, a human cloakroom. Um, I, I, I might get uh, terribly sweaty, but we never know. Uh, we'll see. See you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.